Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Chris Herbert of The Gym Venice, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you today? Just enjoying a a beautiful day in Southern California here. It's perfect out here as it always is. (laughs) I wish I could say the same. Uh, Not so much in New York, but you know that you're originally from this part of the country. Chris, obviously we're here to talk about this business, right? The Gym Venice. Before we get into the strategies, the tactics, the nitty gritty of day-to-day operation of the business, talk to us a little bit about how this whole thing got started in the first place. What made you want to open up this gym three years ago? Well, that was easy. That is, I was training at, uh, working out at LA Fitness uh, over here in uh, Playa Vista, over here, Southern California. And I would talk to everybody every day about how shitty the equipment was, you know, and how I didn't understand why, like a gym owner wouldn't invest in the, the equipment at first to invest in the member and the client. And I was just was sitting here waiting for somebody to open up like the perfect gym with, you know, the right benches, the right bars, the, the, the right plates, all the right equipment. And I figured I was just sitting, waiting until somebody did it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, somewhere along the lines, I kind of got it in me that, you know, if nobody's going to do it. I've got to do it. So that's yep. kind of, I started in that way. Yeah. Typically <laughs> a lot of people got into the industry because of that. They were looking for some form of service, some sort of product, couldn't find it. All right. Yeah. Who better to do it than me? Right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll throw my hat in the ring and, and we'll make this thing happen. Yeah. I mean, now. I had, yeah, I had trained in so many gyms all over the country that I, I mean, I knew what I was looking for and I knew what somebody should have. So yeah, that's, that's the only and, thing I knew about this. And I'm sure that experience <laughs> plays into how you run the business now. Like we said, you've been a business owner, you've been in this facility for a couple of years now. What's your experience been owning your own gym? I opened up about three months before COVID, so it wasn't the best circumstance. And on my grand opening day, I was doing a a box jump out on the concrete after I cut the ribbon, and I did a box jump on the concrete right outside, and the boxes flipped, and I landed on my skull and fractured my teeth, my vertebrae, my chest plate, my toes. So that happened on the first day, and then... uh, so nothing's been easy. Then what like, better way to months. start? Okay. <laughs> so, really teed so, up for success there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was training people with a neck brace and broken toes for a few months. And then COVID happened, which was nice because it actually allowed me to heal for a little while. Mm. But then we opened up and uh, it was just me here for a while. Uh, you know, people didn't feel comfortable coming into any gym. Right. You know, so it took a while to get going. And the first two years were kind of just like a write-off, you know, it's just trying to figure out how to pay the rent just to make it the next month to try to figure it out. So it's, well, I will say the first well, two and a half years, we're just trying to make it month to month, try to figure out how to make it work. So we can get another month to try it out again. Mm. I don't know. We'll say it's uh, 2022, January and February have been pretty good months. People are feeling comfortable to come back into the gym. So, I mean, it's just being persistent, you know, and just sticking with it. Um, yeah. I mean, you're still and- here. So I had no choice. I signed a lease. I had to make it every month. So yeah. that's about you, it. You know, <laughs> you must have done at least enough to get by. And, and yeah. so very recently, it sounds yeah. like things have started to pick up. Tell us a little bit about 
the, the service that we're actually providing here, Chris, we haven't gotten into that yet. Yeah. Within, I mean, within fitness, there are a million ways to deliver value. What is, what is kind of the model that you subscribe to here? We teach people how to weight lift. You know, we focus on compound movements using like the, the squat, deadlift, the bench press, shoulder press, bent over row is our big compound movements where we do the most damage to our muscles in that limited time we work with people. So we focus on teaching how and, and why we do them and then how to program to reach your goals. I mean, I would say like the one goal we have here is to get you to fall in love with weightlifting. You know, everybody who comes in here, you know, is falling in love with something that they're going to do for the rest of their life. That's mm -hmm. empowering in that one way, but it's really, you know, our job is teaching how, and then pushing you harder than you could push yourself, you know, and we've had a lot of success with teaching people that who've never done this before, getting them under the squat rack, putting a little weight on them and letting them like that empowering feeling of doing these, these specific movements versus body weight things and classwork. You know, we try to keep it very simple, you know, with the movements, you know, we change things along with like accommodating resistances, you know, and we use sure. a lot of band, bands and chains, but it's the same movements week in and week out. The only thing that changes is the stimuli in which we do it. Are we using a duffalo bar with chains? Are we using the safety squat bar with bands? Are we using a straight bar to a box? It's still the same movement every single week, but we're just changing that up, which that keeps it exciting. And people are always, you know, it's consistent progress. You know, we do a yep. lot of measuring on like, cumulative weight move. So your first squat day, you might move, you know, 7,000 pounds total in that 50 minute period. But on your 10th day, you're moving 20,000 pounds because we increase the intensity by adding weight and reps and decrease the rest period. So it's measurable progress. So people can see themselves getting better with those numbers. So it's something that's fun to do, but it, you know, it's in empowering and the, the confidence of getting under a squat bar and, you know, pushing yourself further than you believe you could. It's like that confidence that you get from doing these movements it exudes out into your personal and your professional life, right? So it's something that's, I've just had a ton of success in just getting people to do these, these simple movements. Yeah, fitness, you know? is, fitness is a pretty good vehicle to carry yeah. over into other aspects yeah. of our life. And how do you deliver this, Chris? Is this is this one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, it's all one-on-one -on -one training. We do it, uh, some small group up to four people, but typically just one-on-one. -on -one. We work with you for how, whatever your goal is, if you're trying to, you know, build strength to you know, uh, tone up, lose fat. It's like, what, how many reps are we doing? What's our rest period? Are we training for strength? Are we doing a eight by three, five by five? You know, uh, what are we yep. doing? It's the same movements. And, and we just change that up. You know, we monitor, you take body measurements, you know, every four weeks to make sure we're moving in the right direction. We get a, give a lot of nutrition advice on, you know, how much protein to eat, you know, carbs and everything. We don't do a lot of like meal uh, prepping and meal planning for people. I just like to give advice and keep them accountable. Yep. You know, and, and so they, we they can know. really tailor the service to the individual, right? That's the beauty of one-on-one yeah. -on -one training. Yes. Yeah. We can, we can match the program and the input yeah. to the desired output. Right. And so yeah. to, to get our head to, to wrap around kind of the scale of this, give us an idea of, of how many people you work with. Obviously one-on-one, -on -one, it's not going to be 200, 300 members, right? How many people, how many clients do you guys have? So uh, right now we have 70 clients here. So we work, I have three other trainers aside from myself. So we separate, uh, you know, it's usually we're re really busy from 5 a.m. till about 10 a.m. And sure. then again, from 3 p.m. till about nine. Yeah, typical busy times in our industry, right? Yeah, so the, the, the afternoons are off, which is nice to get a little bit of a break, especially when you start at five, the days last forever. So it's nice to yep. get a little break, you know, because you got to yeah. train Chris. sometime too. 
I want to pick your brain on the pricing and, and why that goes into this because personal training can, can be all over the place when it comes to factoring in the service, the experience of the trainer, the market that you're in. What is somebody typically, what would they expect to pay if they came to work with you and, and why that amount? Uh, yeah, I've played with that for a long time, but uh, that, so I charge here, uh, it's a hundred per hour and I sell them in 12 packs. Uh, so it's $1,200 and people typically come in three times a week. So a 12 pack lasts you a month. So it's about 1200 a month for a typical package here, which is expensive. But for where I'm at, at the average price is about 150 per hour. So I try to stay competitive, you know, and uh, again, realizing uh, 100 is a lot of money. 150 is a lot. And especially I, I see a lot of with personal training and like, to charge somebody $150, you know, and you, usually typically people just get a certification over a weekend, you know, um, it's true. <clears throat> like it's, it, true. It, it's a, it's a lot of money to, for that. But I mean, here, you know, I was trying to find uh, like a price point where like me at 16 could come and train here, which at a hundred, I can't do that at 16, but I could have came here in a small group and split the cost. So we go up to yep. four people, you could split the cost up to make it so I could come and work with these coaches and train on this equipment. So keep it competitive. And, you know, I'm not trying to break everybody's balls with this. Like, you know, I, yeah. I want, I want, if somebody wants to come in here and train, I'll figure out a way to get, to make it work for them. You know, I got uh, you. And, and so you mentioned 70 people. PT is, is an interesting case because for every new member, obviously we're bringing in a decent amount of revenue, but for everybody that we lose, we're, we're losing a pretty good chunk of revenue. Is 70 full capacity for you, or do you think you guys could grow a little bit no. more? Full capacity, what, what I'm looking for is 177 clients will, was where I would kind of tap it out at, where I would have five trainers at all times here working with five clients. I think it, it keeps it where we're still intimate enough to move around where we're really efficient with everybody's time. You know, we're not waiting for stuff. So uh, it works really well with that. So is what I'm looking for is about anywhere from 150 to 175 clients. Okay. would be maximal for this location where it would, you know, I think at a hundred, I would start looking for the second location. Sure. And, and so definitely some room to grow here. I want to pick your brain on how we make that happen, right? Marketing for a personal training client is vastly different than marketing for an open gym membership or a CrossFit box or whatever other examples in the, in the studio we could come up with. What is, what does marketing mean to you? How are we getting new people in? I've done everything. Um, so, uh, my idea was when I picked out this location, I wanted to be near a farmer's market where I knew people had extra money and they were health conscious. So I opened up a block away from a, um, <clears throat> from a farmer's market. And then I opened, um, and also I thought like, then I would advertise it like the local car wash where people are coming, they'll drive within like 20 minutes. So I put up an advertisement there, which did nothing. Uh, the farmer's market did well. <clears throat> I put up a table and I got about 150, 150 names. For, I had a little spinning wheel and I was giving away bands and free sessions and free mm. massages. You know, and I got a lot of people out of that. I think I ended up getting about 25 clients from that, which was great. Okay. Uh, that worked well. I tried the direct uh, marketing, guerrilla marketing, bringing flyers everywhere. That did nothing. Um, <clears throat> I recently started throwing a block party. So I shut down all of Venice Boulevard and I throw, I have about 200 vendors at it. 
and you know beer gardens we invite the entire community to come out to meet the businesses that support it so i've had a lot of success from that because i'll set up out here we'll set up a table you know some weights and stuff and have people come in and see the facility because i just if you could get people in the door you know this is where we could sell them where it's one-on-one -on -one. so i've had a right. lot of success with that and just bringing people you just got to get people into the door right? yeah typically that's the biggest hurdle is is getting them to cross that threshold yeah. right once we're around they can, I mean, we, can yeah. we can show them what we're about and they pretty much well know this is for me yeah. or this is definitely not for me no and it, then it allows me you know five minutes to talk to you and then you feel my passion about what i do and it's something that is it, it, it attracts them to this facility but i would say farmers markets work well people got the money they want to be healthy you know there's something that they're interested in and they live close they walk to it you know so mm -hmm. that and then uh again um would be the just figuring out a way to get people in the door again the, yep. the black party was something that i thought would be successful and it has worked pretty well what about the digital space <laughs> have you utilized any kind of online methods at all uh, yeah, I have a digital marketing company I pay uh, every month to, for SEO, for social media and everything. Um, it's been all right. I've went through about four different companies yeah. and this one that I'm with, I'll be getting rid of now because uh, you end up just being just, you know, yeah. they kind of just coast with you. Uh, you have to really stay on them to actually just not coast through uh, and make sure they're doing what they're doing because, you know, at first, though they're really helpful you know uh, but yeah I, have, I haven't had a ton of success with that stuff i find that's the hardest part marketing yeah i find that that's the sentiment that a lot of gym owners have regarding that there's either they absolutely love the, the people that they work with or meh it's been okay at best do you know yeah. what i mean yeah, I haven't had a great experience yet. I'm looking for the, that. Looking time. for that experience. And, and, it's, and the reality it's very is, expensive. Like, it's not cheap. Yeah. I mean, like you and I said, like people get into owning gyms because they're good trainers, because they're good coaches and know how to get people in shape. But not always do they have the best business acumen in the world. Not always do they have the marketing skills, the scale, the sales skills, whatever it may be. And, and so figuring out what's the best workaround, right? Do we yeah, outsource no. it? Do we yeah. invest the time 100%. and the money to learn it ourselves? There's yeah. all kinds thrown, of options, yeah. but I've it has to be every, done at yeah. some point, yeah. you know? I've thrown every dart at the board. I'm just waiting for something to stick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's it. You just got to keep going. Um, yeah. Something will work. I'm waiting. I'm trying to figure out that recipe. You know, I built the space. I have the programming. It's now, how do I market it to people? That's the, that's the last little step to this recipe. You know, yeah. and then I'll figure when I figure that out, I'll have the confidence to go and open up that second location. I'm like, all right, I build it like this. I program it like this, staff it. This is how I'm going to market it and get the people to it. That's that last step that I have not figured out, but yeah. I'm still trying. And and you're not alone there. There yeah. are all kinds of gym owners out there that that would agree with you. Chris, I want to I want to ask you, I mean, obviously, we've talked about growth. We've talked about sort of opening a second location and, and figuring out what the next step is. Paint me a picture of kind of the big vision here. How big do you want to take this and how big do you think you can take it? Uh, I mean, how big do I want to take it? I would like to have, again, this facility with this type of equipment everywhere. So it's, it's, it's accessible to anybody to, you know, to be able to have a location where you could walk in and be able to train on an elite FTS bench with a Donnie Thompson fat pad with, 
you know, Texas power bars, Texas deadlift bars, you know, tsunami bars, uh, Cambridge squat bars, safety, to have all that stuff that is going to allow you to train as hard as possible, you know, as safe as possible, right? To have all this stuff in one location. And that I know, I know I could build that gym. Now, I mean, ideally, I would like to, you know, set the next one up would be a big box gym. This is all for one-on-one -on -one training. To have this same location about 10 to 20,000 square feet and, you know, triple up the equipment and then allow people to come in one-on-one -on -one. and then just have, as opposed to trainers, have some spotters roving around. If you're going to go for a big, a big squat and you need a spotter, somebody to have your back, you got them there who are trained to spot people and just have them going around, you know, so you don't need to have that trainer. It's expensive. And once you learn how to do this, you don't really need the trainer there forever. You just need somebody to watch you, right. And uh, to push you a little harder and allow you to feel comfortable to push a little harder. So ideally I like, opening up the big box and then still doing the personal training gym. Cause I've had a lot of success with this. So yeah, there's certainly value to both. <laughs> yeah. Opening up a location, you know, here on this street will be personal training. And then over here on the other side of town, we've got our big box gym and then personal training. So you have both because there's a lot of people. I mean, the people who come here feel comfortable in a space where there's not a lot of people around, you know, and they feel comfortable spending this amount of money in having their little, their safe space here where you know, there's a million people walking around, there's some people, you know, watching them and, you know, taking up space. So it's a, it's a safe space where you get to train really hard, you know, the way you should train. So. For sure. Chris, this, I mean, it, it sounds like a dream. It sounds like a badass facility and, and we could certainly dive into the intricacies of this for hours and hours, but as we start to kind of wrap this whole thing up, I want to give you a chance to, to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about it, right? Is there is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go to find yeah. out about this? We have a website that um, is was through one of my digital marketing companies that I'm still not happy with, but it has enough information about what we do. Uh, we have our Instagram page. We have a Facebook page. Um, you know, all that is, it's a pro work in progress trying to figure out, you know, the, the best content that will drive people to our gym, you know, mm. um, as opposed to just likes and stuff, trying to figure out how to bring people here. But we do have a website. It's um, thegymvenice.com. Our, our Instagrams are thegymvenice.com. You know, we get a lot of questions just through email is getfitatthegymvenice.com. But we have everything you need for that as far as on the digital scale, you know, to get in contact with us, to learn about what we do, the different programs we have you know, um, and then, you know, pictures and videos of what yeah. we do. It serves its purpose, right? Yeah, it gets it out there. Uh, again, I'm just trying to figure out how to transition that to clients. You know, it's, it's progress. It takes time, especially, One you know, step the, at a time. Yeah, One the last step two years was, was a write-off, you know, we, and we did nothing for two years. So it's. Here we are ready yeah. to, ready, to, ready to make our move now though. Right. I think, yeah. I think the whole industry is ready to make a move now. And so it'll be exciting it to see where this takes you here in, in the next couple of years, you know, yeah. Chris, this has been a whole bunch of fun. I always enjoy the opportunity to kind of pick through owners brains and then see where their focuses are and, and what yeah. really makes their business different. This has been fantastic. And, and I really appreciate your time and, and your contribution here. We'll have to check in with you down the road and, and see what this looks like. I'm in looking forward How's that sound? No, I'll be talking to you from the gym in Amsterdam. We'll be there. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Chris, man, thank you for your time. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. And all right, so to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like, 
and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? My name is Bree. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Regina from CrossFit Livingston in Livingston, Montana. What's up, Regina? How are you today? I'm great. How are you all? Doing so well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, cool. So let's just jump right into the details here, wasting no time. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? So we live in a pretty small town. We're a town of about 7,000. And so there's one CrossFit gym in town. We started, um, my husband and I started going to CrossFit. um, And then the owners at the time decided that they wanted to get out of um, the business. And there were a group of us that just didn't want to see it go away. And so there were five of us at the time that decided, you know, we love it and we want to continue. And so we, um, the five of us went in together and took over ownership. Um, And so this summer will be five years that we have owned um, the box here in Livingston. Um, We've changed a little bit. Two of those owners are now gone. My husband actually joined in as a, as a fourth owner. So there's been a little bit of shift and change, but, um, but that's been kind of the, the, the starting story of it, I guess. Okay, cool. I've actually heard that pretty often that, you know, if uh, an owner of a gym is looking to kind of get out or sell or close the gym, there typically are members within the facility that don't want to see it go that come in and take over. That's something that I've heard quite often. So good for you for stepping up and and taking over and doing that. It can be a lot to take on, you know, especially if either owning a business or owning a gym isn't something that you're familiar with. So now there are currently four, four owners, right? Mm -hmm, Correct. Okay. All right. And so typically CrossFit box, we're talking mostly group classes. Is that the case with you? Are there any other services that you're offering within the facility? No, we, we do offer the group classes. We have some, you know, other things that we do every once in a while, but really it's that group class. um, And that is really what allows us to it so the the four of us all have full-time jobs outside of owning the CrossFit and so um as a business model and we can talk about that I don't know if this is the time or not but um it's great in some ways and then you know it, it has its challenges in other ways and so the the schedule of having classes you know some in the morning some in the midday and some in the evening allows us to you know, really kind of spread that out and not overwhelm one person. And we have some additional coaches um, besides the owners too. So um, yeah, the group classes are really, you know, what we're about. Um, We've done some other things, some yoga, some, you know, we've got a Phoenix class running right now. And so, um, but that's really our, our main focus. Okay. And how do you balance 
running the gym and all four of you having full-time jobs outside of the gym. That seems like a lot to balance. There's a lot of moving parts there. There are. And, and it's, um, you know, I think we've, we've definitely kind of, you know, we had our struggles, but we, we really picked the five of us because we all had our particular strengths when we took over the gym. So one person was in charge of the finances. One person was in charge of, you know, marketing and swag and all that. One person did programming and then, you know, we all coached. We had one person that was kind of the handyman. So we were able to kind of, you know, delegate those tasks in a way that it made that we made sure that we were spreading that out. And again, that has shifted and changed it a, a little bit over the years. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we really rely on, you know, those extra coaches that we have, we have brought in and then, you know, just the flexibility of our jobs that we have. Two of us are teachers. I'm a realtor. My husband's a lineman. So okay. um, like my busy time as a realtor in the, is in the summer and the two that are teachers can kind of pick up the slack then. My slow time is now where they're, you know, the teachers are super busy. So we, we make it work, but it, it definitely has been hard at times to make sure we have everything covered. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool that it works. You're kind of on like opposite seasons with work. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like your busy time as a realtor is in the summer and then it's opposite for teachers. So that's mm -hmm. cool that that works out in that way. Yeah. Um, now, how many members do you currently have at your facility? I think right now we're right between 50 and 60. Um, and you know, we dipped down during COVID, obviously we dipped down a little bit. We've, we were a little bit higher than that before, but I would say that's kind of probably our average that we've had in the last five years. Okay. And is that a comfortable place for you as far as membership goes, or are you looking to increase the membership? Um, I think right now it's, it's been fairly comfortable for us. I mean, I think eventually, especially if we can get some additional coaches because staffing is really the problem we run into. And if our classes get too full and we have to add classes that, you know, that's more that we have to cover. Um, so it is kind of a little bit of a balance. Um, the, the nice part about owning a business that's not our main business for all of us is, you know, and you know business it's it's a very stress-free business model yeah of, you know like when we had to shut down for covid you know we all still had full-time jobs we could all pay our bills you know we were right. that was that was a comfortable place for us as a business and it was very short term but um so in in a lot of ways it's very stress-free because we're not relying on this and you know we don't we don't have that like oh my gosh we have to have more members um you know but the flip side of that is we're putting a ton of time and energy into a business that we're not really seeing the benefits of, you know, in terms right. of paying ourselves. So yes, yeah, it's, you know, it's right. Both. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to not have to rely on the revenue from the business, but on the other side of that, like you said, it's like, if you're investing so much of your time and your mm -hmm. energy into it and it's not really paying off that much it's like oh and then obviously it comes down to helping people and that's really why you know you start the business in the first place um so i mean if you can get into a position where you're helping more people then that in turn generates absolutely more revenue as well so it, it goes 
hand in hand. Yeah. So and we really in- try to, um, you know, the it's because it's not that we don't make money, but we really try to put it back into the business. We try to right. spoil our members and you know pay for competitions and you know do extra things like that to keep everything really updated and um, and make sure that we are taking care of pe- our people that way. Um, in addition to making sure that you know because we all have full time jobs that we're not then not providing the best experience and service that we can. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now as far as the marketing piece goes and reaching people, getting the word out there about what it is that you do, how do you go about doing that? Um, you know, it's a pretty small town. And so, you know, it's a lot of word of mouth happens in, in a smaller town, um, you know, but we have, you know, our social media presence and we have uh, some promotions that we do with bring a friend and, you know, 30 days for $30. And um, we host a competition and really try and get local businesses and people involved with um, sponsorships and um chiropractic services, you know, massage, that sort of thing. Um, and, and just kind of getting our name out there. Um, you know, we have a few other like anytime gyms and yoga studios and some other gyms in town. And so, you know, just trying to provide that niche for those, you know, for, for that CrossFit piece that they're looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think, you know, we kind of just were getting through COVID and now is the time to really kind of look at that marketing piece again and, getting right. more people in the door. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Things are really starting to come back now. People are really ready to get back into gyms. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive, absolutely. Um, now, have you done any type of paid advertising through like Facebook, Instagram, Google, anything like that? I know we have done some through Facebook. Our other owner does most of our social media stuff. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask on, <laughs> on her end of things. <laughs> but, um, but, and we have done some, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's always good to have multiple poles in the water as far as the advertising piece goes mm-hmm. just to, you know, because word of mouth is fantastic. Referrals are great, but they're not something that you can track on a right. monthly basis. Cause it's right. like, you can't rely on having a certain amount of people walk in the door from word of mouth, from referrals on a monthly basis. Right. So if we can't track it, we can't grow it. So mm-hmm. that's where the Facebook, Google, Instagram advertising really helps because it is something that you can track and get it down to a point where it's like, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars on paid advertising through these different platforms, I can expect to see a certain amount of people every month walk through the door. So that's really nice to be able to rely on that as far as growth goes. Um, So now with that being said, as far as your sales process goes, and this is something that is like a lot of gym owners, a lot of personal trainers don't like to talk about sales because they don't want to be salesy. They're not salespeople, et cetera. But it's like at the end of the day, selling memberships is what keeps the doors open. So what does your sales process look like when somebody shows interest in the facility, comes in for uh, a trial, whether that be the 30 days for $30 or whatever it might be, how do you kind of get them set up in, in the gym and then eventually convert them to a membership? Um, we, so we offer an on-ramp series, um, and, and trying to meet people where they're at, you know, some people obviously have experience with CrossFit where they came from or whatever. And so, uh, we don't necessarily require that depending, you know, for a new member or someone that's interested. 
Um, but we do have that, like, I think it's a six class series that we can be flexible and, um, you know, and provide that one-on-one -on -one training with people um, to get them comfortable with then joining in that group environment that I know is intimidating for some people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, that's, that's one piece of it, I guess. And then, you know, just trying to figure out why they're there um, and, you know, what their goals are in, in terms of, um, and, and how they came to us, I guess. Right. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not answering your question. <laughs> no, no, you are. You are. Um, yeah. I mean, so kind of identifying what it is that brought them in the door. That's a big piece because mm -hmm. a lot of times we kind of forget about that. Like everybody walks in the door for a reason, whether that reason be super small, like they're just trying to work out or right. find a routine, or maybe they're looking to lose 40 pounds or more. Right. You know, there's always some type of a reason why people walk in the door. So being able to identify that and really touch on that and then serve that client based on those needs is really important as far as actually converting those people into paying members. Mm -hmm. um, so and I think just, you know, addressing some of those misconceptions that people have about CrossFit and about working out yes. in general when they come in, you know, is a big part of that initial conversation that I have with people when they come in the door. Definitely. Um, because it's not even necessarily that they have questions. It's just they've heard this or they've heard that. And, yes. you know, we want to make sure that, you know, I know our, our gym is a pretty, you know, low key. We're not, you know, when you see the CrossFit games on TV, that is not us. And that's not most gyms. And right. So, yes. <laughs> you know, even the, even the idea that they have to be in shape to start to coming to the gym is a big one, you know. So even just having those conversations with people is important. Oh. Definitely. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of CrossFit box owners and that is a common theme. You know, it's like you almost have to break through that initially because people yes. have these ideas about CrossFit. You know, like you said, they watch the games or they've heard certain things or they just think they're going to get injured or whatever it is, or they're right. intimidated or they think they have to be in shape before mm -hmm. they actually start working out at the facility. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of times breaking through those initial kind of thoughts, it can mm -hmm. be a little bit challenging. Just, you know, letting them know what, what they're getting for their money, you know, the yeah. certified coaches at every class and the modification scaling option, the just showing up and we, you know, help you with, you know, what to do for the day and, um, and those sorts of things. And then I, I think a lot of people, they, they hear the injury piece, you know, oh, you're yeah. going to get hurt doing CrossFit. And so just reassuring them that, you know, I think a lot of people actually get frustrated that we slow them down more than they would like at the yes. beginning versus pushing them to go too hard or lift too much. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So now are there any other services that you offer at the facility aside from the membership? So anything like nutrition or accountability, or are we selling supplements or retail or anything like that for any other streams of revenue? So we have a little bit of all of that. Um, okay. We we have we did not really do much personal training. Um, we don't. I don't think a lot of our coaches have the time to do that, and we just really haven't had the the demand for that. Mm -hmm. um, but we, you know, we have supplements and we have um, swag and shirts and that sort of thing. Um, and then we have a lot of like challenges and accountability things. And, you know, like we're doing one with, that's associated with the open right now um, that we, you know, break our members into teams and, um, and we've had great participation. It's been super fun. Um, and, you know, just, like just getting teams organized for local competitions and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. We just have a partnership that started just this month. We're in our 
third week this week with um, the Phoenix. So offering the gym to, you know, people in recovery and um, that's, you know, through, through the Phoenix program, but they're using our facility and one of our members is certified to coach. And so that's been a really cool partnership. That's just kind of in its beginning stages, but um, absolutely, but a really neat way to help the community, I think. Right. For sure. Okay. And so one thing that you touched on was challenges. So like internal challenges that you're running within the facility, which I love because that really gets people re-engaged that are already in mm -hmm. the facility and then can also attract some attention from outside of the facility for new members. Um, so are those challenges things that you're only running internally? Are they open to non-members? And then the other piece of that, is that something that people are paying an additional price for, or are you just kind of including that in their membership? Um, so it depends. Like like right now it's for our members that we're doing in conjunction with the open but like we have a weekly challenge for each of the each of the weeks so okay. they, that they can earn points so like the challenge this week is to bring a, a non-member to the gym for a workout for free oh, okay. and so we've got 25 people that you know are now bringing someone in this week just to try it out and have fun and you know so i guess yes and no it's for non-members and then members as well um, some of, most of the things we do like challenge, like nutrition challenges and things like that are not an additional cost. Um, if we, like we've done some yoga before, if we've brought in a yoga instructor, sometimes we'll charge an additional fee for some of those extra type classes. But usually like when we do barbell club or, you know, any additional kind of series that we'll run with gymnastics or whatever, um, we typically do not charge our members for them. Okay. Yeah. And have you thought about running challenges similar to that for a set amount of time and opening it up to the public um, to draw some new members. And then I really like things like that because it attracts attention from new potential members. Uh, they're paying upfront typically for these things. So you're getting some front end cash right. for the business, which you can then feed back into marketing, your regular marketing. Right. Um, and then also it gives those new people a good amount of time in the facility to become a part of the community, to get some results, to really uh, kind of embed themselves in the gym and the community. And then typically they end up sticking around. So mm -hmm. is that something that you've either done in the past or thought, thought about doing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a great idea. I know um, before COVID, we did um, a women's only series that we opened mm -hmm. up to anybody that, you know, just really wanted, you know, kind of the lower impact, whatever. And I think we had, I don't know, six or seven women. And I think five of them are still members, you know, they yeah. really loved it and stuck with it. And so I, I definitely see the benefit of that for sure. Right. Yes, definitely a good way to acquire new clients, get them really good results. And then also, it's always really nice to get some, some front end cash and, and right. have that you know, right. upfront and, and be able to feed it back into the business, whether that be through upgrades in the facility or through marketing to get more people in the door. Right. Um, okay. So now what are your goals? What are your main focuses for 2022 within the business? Um, you know, I think for us, one of those goals, like we said, after we feel like we survived COVID is now to, to grow the business some this year. Um, you know, I think our facility can 
can handle that growth and we're in a place we've got a couple you know other people that are getting certified to coach and so we you know are mm -hmm. looking to add some classes um, get our kids certification that's a big one that we would like to kind of get off the ground um, again to get kids in here and then hopefully their parents and you know additional revenue and that sort of thing as well right yeah yeah absolutely that's always good when you've got kids coming in and then their parents coming in mm -hmm. to bring them there and then that attracts attention for them as well so that's awesome now is there a specific approach that you're planning on taking to kind of launch that and to get more people back in the door uh or are you still kind of in in planning phases there? we're still kind of in our planning phases we just had um a little bit of our owner restructuring just happened last month so we're still okay. Kind of trying to get everything organized and um and set from there but then we're gonna you know definitely take some steps to um to really like get in and do the work that we need to yeah absolutely and is this always something that the four of you plan to have kind of on the side or is this something that if you could get it to a point where it could be your full-time job is that something that you would want to do or um, I don't think any of us really have that as the as the intention mm -hmm. um, and you know financially maybe one reason but I think you know all of us still really enjoy it and it still yeah. is something that you know we don't want to see go away and I, right. I think you know a lot of us realize that if it becomes your full-time deal it's, it's maybe not as fun <laughs> so I think we all really like keeping it at that place yeah um, yeah, absolutely. It definitely can take the enjoyment out of it if you're burning yourself out uh, in the gym on a daily basis. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, right now, it's it, you're in a situation where you're not really relying on the business for income. So that takes a lot of the stress off. So that's nice. Um, but I mean, if you eventually could get it to a, a place where it kind of is running itself, and you're not having to be in there burning yourself out on a daily basis, mm -hmm. then then I'm sure that that would be nice. But I understand what you're saying as far as um, you know, the fear of taking the enjoyment out of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So now, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, doing their own thing, going their own way. What would that be? Um, I think it would be that, um, you know, you can't be everything to everyone. Yes. I think, you know, members are going to have their criticisms, their preferences, their I wish they do this different or, you know, that person, I don't like their coaching or wh whatever it is. And so I just think, you know, at some point for it to still be fun for you and, you know, for your members, just knowing that you can't be everything to everyone and, um, you know, just doing what you can and doing that well. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I always say is if you're trying to serve everyone, you end up serving no one. Absolutely. And that yeah. is so important to keep in mind because especially from a membership standpoint and a revenue standpoint, a lot of times we get into a situation where it's like, okay, we just want to get as many people in the door as possible. So we end up casting a wide net and just trying to get anybody who's interested to come uh -huh. in the door. Uh, but that doesn't always work so well. It's better to get super specific about who it is it that is. you want in the door, because mm -hmm. then when you're doing your advertising and your targeting, you can speak directly to those people. And typically they come in ready. 
You know, yes. if you're you're speaking to a certain person specifically, those are the type of people that you want in the door to add to the community and they're looking for what it is that you yes. provide. So because that's we've, big- you know, we've in and in, in, I'm not going to say wasted time, but it's very time intensive to have someone come in and do, you know, six yes. on ramps and you're scheduling times with them to make it work outside of class times and putting, you know, and then more often than not, they, they don't stick with it. <laughs> and you, you right. know, probably knew within the first <laughs> 30 minute conversation that it maybe wasn't a good fit or whatever. And so, yeah, I think just being efficient with, you know, your time and your energy and, um, and yeah, you, you just need to serve everyone. Right, exactly. And, you know, time is the only thing that you can't get back. Mm-hmm. So it's so important. And as a gym owner, you're already spread thin, you know, like there are so many hats that you have to wear, so many tasks that you have to do, so many things that you have to pay attention to. And especially if you're the one taking on those new clients, you know, you want to make sure that it's going to be worth your time. Yeah. So that's a, a very good point, very important piece to keep in mind there. All righty. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, so we're um, at CrossFit Livingston on Instagram, um, CrossFit Livingston Facebook page, and um, CrossFitLivingston.com is our website. So um, yeah, come check us out. And if you're, we get a lot of visitors, we're near Yellowstone Park. So if you're ever in the area, feel free to drop in. Absolutely. Awesome. So Regina from CrossFit Livingston in Livingston, Montana. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of Hioka Judo and Jiu-Jitsu in Hackensack, New Jersey, Rodrigo Gomez. How are you doing today, sir? Very good. How's everything? Uh, going, going well, man. I, I mostly didn't botch the name of your gym. Uh, that's a mouthful for you me. You did good. You did good. <laughs> we, got, we got through it. We got through it. So I'm excited. Let's hop into it, man. Tell me about yeah. Hioka and what you're all about there. Uh, well, we, we teach mainly judo. My background is in judo. I've done some jiu-jitsu training. We've had some jiu-jitsu coaches in the school. 
And we mainly do kids all the way to adults. I mean, we start them out as young as four-year-olds all the way to adults. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we've been doing it for since 2013. Awesome. So been in the game a little while. We'll uh, we'll go through the history of the business a little bit, but give me a little backstory. What was your experience uh, as a student, as a teacher, and then what flipped the switch? You know, you you wake up one morning, you're like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna open a school." Like, what happened? It, it it's uh it's actually a a, a, cool, a good question. I mean, so I've been training since I was a freshman in high school. I, I used to drive by this school, and I knew it was a judo school. So I would drive every day and, and see it. So I finally, you know, I signed up to it and I've been doing it. Well, I did it for about, I would say, uh, training and competition for about 10 to 12 years. And then after that, I just decided to get into teaching. And then, you know, I got, I got my degree in exercise science. So I started doing some personal training, some coaching, working at different martial arts studios, fitness studios, but what really triggered the whole thing and for me to open my own place was I got fired. I got fired twice. One from, <laughs> from a fitness, from a gym, from a fitness studio where I was uh, like a personal trainer, but it was a group, group training session, small group training. And I guess they weren't doing well and they had to, I'm not saying well, I was probably doing something wrong too. And they probably had to, you know, let somebody go. And I was one of them and they let me go. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll go. I probably made some mistakes and, you know, I apologize. And I learned from that. So I started working at this martial arts school as a, as a judo instructor because it was a karate school. And I was a judo and jiu-jitsu instructor there. Um, and also a, a fitness kickboxing instructor there. And they really saw potential in me. They saw what I can do, the type of coach, my motivation, my drive, like everything. I was young and, and I could really attract some people there, especially with my, my classes. And they mentioned, we would like to open another location with you. You know, you own it, you run it, we'll be partners. And I said, okay, no problem. And, and I did, you know, I, I, I was excited about it. I had no idea what it was like to own a business. And I was excited about it. And all of a sudden, I just started to see the, the behind the scenes stuff, you know, like how they really were, how they were operating the business. Um, there was a lot of manipulative um, conversations that I just didn't like, man. I just it didn't, it didn't feel right, you know, and it, like, I'm very intuitive when it comes to, to stuff like that. And it just didn't feel right. And I just sat down with the owner and said, listen, um, I want to open my own place one day and I'm not going to do it now. And I'm not going to do it around the corner. So I'm going to open my own place. It's just, I still want to learn. You know, I was open and honest about what I wanted to do. And I said, I still want to learn from you. I think you have a lot of knowledge. It's just, I think that I want this to be my thing. Like I want to go in a hundred percent with my decisions and everything. He didn't like that very much because obviously, you know, he was going to lose, lose and miss out on that. And he said, well, listen, if, if that's what you're going to do, uh, I have to let you go. I was like, no way. So, so after I said that, he let me go. He gave me two weeks. I came back. I, was, I worked every other day. So I would work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Saturday mornings, right? I thought that's when I was working. So that happened on Monday. I told him that on Monday. He said, I'll give you two weeks, no problem. 
And then I came back on Wednesday to teach my class and the program director at the facility, she approached me and she said, hey, you don't have to teach today. Go home. Don't worry about it. We'll send you your check. You don't need to come back. And that was, yeah, it was, it was instead of being two weeks, it was more like two days. Uh, so I went home and I just, I was so upset about it. I'm like, how, you know, I was young and it's like, you want you want to be able to to expand like you want to be able to share that knowledge and I just didn't understand why they would run a business like that but then it, now it makes sense um, back then it didn't so then again it was two weeks and they said they were gonna send me that check in the mail which they never did so I just had <laughs> they never did and I'm like waiting and calling and waiting and calling to the point that I was like you know what I'm just going to do it now. Like I'm ready or not. I'm just going to throw myself in, get a place and just do it now. And I got fired or I got let go. And I think it was probably like June maybe. And by August, I opened my school, my first school, a thousand square feet. By all, I was like, I had this fire in me, man. It was, it was crazy. Like I wasn't angry. I just had a fire. Like, man, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like whether I'm ready or not, I'll just, I'll do it regardless. So it was probably like two months from the moment I got let go. So I opened my own place. I got my key and everything. And, uh, and that's how it all started. That's, that's how everything started. Well, I guess if there's ever, um, if there's ever a time to say congratulations on getting fired, <laughs> because you know, what, what's the cliche is when one door closes, another one. Oh, closes. absolutely. In this case, it was two doors. Um, but <laughs> Hey, you know, if it didn't happen, right, the town wouldn't have you, wouldn't have the impact you're making on the community. Mm -hmm. uh, were your previous facilities also in the Hackensack area? Have you been there basically the whole time? Yeah, so I've been there since 2013. I was open for a year and a half. And then I had to move locations because it was just too small. And I'm on the East Coast. So when it snows and, you know, and, and ice and rain and everything, it's, it gets crazy. And I had parents standing outside waiting for their kids and sometimes they had babies. So then I, I had to make the decision to um, to move to a bigger location. So we expanded from a thousand square feet to 2000 square feet plus the basement. <laughs> Got it. And the previous facilities you worked at, the gym and the other martial arts, yep. all, all in the same general area? No, 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 they, they were not, no. Okay, all right. Just. Just curious of like what type of following you had for that long. So no, I, I pretty much started from zero. Like I started brand new. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew anything about me. Yeah. I mean, here you are, right? So it's yeah, absolutely. Nine, nine years later. So you're doing <laughs> right for sure. Uh, I'm sure one of the things that stood out for me, I mean, obviously there's a story, there's some perseverance there. And and sometimes, you know, you, you have to figure out all right, I'm not cut out to be an employee, or maybe there's just, there's an opening and now's the time to do it. But I've, I've spoken to a lot of teachers, a lot of people with um, martial arts studios, not a lot of them have an exercise science degree. It seems to be that people go in one direction or the other. So I'm interested for you, I'm sure you've seen it. You probably know a lot of other people with studios and schools and a lot of people have trained, uh, how different do you feel like that's made your execution? Uh, where do you feel like that's kind of helped you along the way of your business and, and differentiation? Because from, from my observation, it's a pretty rare combination. I think it's super cool. 
Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. It really helps me. So, I mean, not to brag, but <laughs> I, I have a, I have an exercise degree. I have a, a physical education degree as well. And then I have a master's in education. So, yeah, so it, everything, everything ties in together. When I, uh, when I first opened the school, it was all about fitness and training and putting everything together for, for my, for my students. And then as time went on, I loved teaching. So I went back to school to get my physical education teach uh, degree so I can learn how to teach better. So I knew how to coach. I, well, I had the judo knowledge, then I knew how to coach. And then I just wanted to learn how to teach better. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I want to be able like, the, like I want to be able to give not just the students, but the parents a good idea of what education is like. So then I got my master's in education. So when it comes to the students, the exercise science degree that I had and that I, that I, that I have really helps in, for example, the competition team. I have 20 kids that compete in judo. So I have to put together workouts. Uh, I have to write down assessments for them. Um, well, I don't, I don't do it. I have them do it, but I educate them in the process. So what happens is, you know, I, it's kind of like an upgrade for me. It's like, Hey, you're going to be in the competition team. You're going to learn about fitness, um, health. You're going to be about, uh, you're going to learn about skill related fitness and like just the different types of, of anything that has to do with, with competition training and pretty much how to use their body to the maximum. Awesome, man. I, I feel like, you know, you can't teach uh, charisma and personality. There's no amount of degrees there, but clearly you've got that. I mean, you're set yourself up with all these technical tools for education, for movement, exercise science, you know, going through, you know, certifications and experience in martial arts. We have all these things that come together. Uh, the only thing that seems to be missing to round that out is you don't have any formal business education that you've mentioned so far. So how much has been research on your side? How much has been trial and error, trial by fire, um, just kind of letting, you know, letting things happen organically? How do you feel um, that side of things um, has been rounded out for you outside of formal education? So when it comes to, to the business part, I do I do have the business knowledge of now I have the business knowledge of, of running a martial arts and a fitness studio. Um, with the first year, I had a coaching company, like a martial arts coaching company for a whole year, just so they can teach me from opening the door to closing the door at night, you know. And I was paying them and they were telling me what to do, how to do it, how to run the school. It got to the point where culturally, I didn't want that type of culture in my school. I didn't want it to be all about numbers. And the company that I had was that. It was like every meeting we had was like, okay, what are the numbers? What are the numbers? It was never like, hey, what did you do good within your school or a student or anything like that? That was that came second. And it's, it's true. I mean, it is a business. Um, you have to worry about numbers. However, it's like, you know, you have to balance it out. And I didn't see a balance for that whole year. And what it was doing, it was stressing me out because that was not the type of culture I had in mind for my business. So I learned all the business aspect of it. And I learned everything I needed to learn about running a, a martial arts and a successful martial arts school and then I kind of took the, the, the pieces that I wanted and I blended it in with, with what I wanted to do. Awesome. So 
I love that you've had that experience because I feel like, and I'm, I'm not going to take a side here. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, we really have two ways to run a fitness business or two main schools of thought. One is, let me just look at the numbers, whatever I can grow, whatever I can do. All right. This is a business at the end of the day, it serves to make money. Right. And if you're on that Avenue, cool. Like I'm not holding that against anybody. The other, um, which I, if I had to say, I would fall more in that line. And, um, a lot of our guests have fallen on that line. Um, uh, the type of person who comes on and wants to share their information about their business is usually the same type of person who says, yes, this is a business. I needed to, I needed to make money. I need to pay my bills, but I want to grow the business because I can help more people. Right. I'm, I'm thinking about what impact can I make on people's lives? And if I make more impact, I Absolutely. do make more money mm-hmm. and then I get to help more people and then I get to make more money. And yep. that there's, there's something else. It could be for some people, the impact is might be, you know, training kids and helping them have that self-confidence, self-esteem, fitness for some, it may be, I make a lot of money and I give a lot to charity, but it's, I think either way, it's like, it's great to make money. We're a business podcast. We're all about it, but what are you doing with it? Why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it feels like on your side, it's, yeah, I want to help as many people as I can reasonably, right? You're not trying to dilute your service. And mm-hmm. it's cool that I get to pay my rent and, you know, you live in New Jersey. It's not cheap. Every customer, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things, right? So you're, you're putting yourself in that position where, yeah, if I help more people, the business grows, I'm happy serving mm-hmm. both of those. And, and that's what ended up happening. Um, once I changed and I switched that mindset of just business, business, numbers, business, and how to make money. And once I switched that, that mindset to, okay, you know what? Let me see how many people I can help. Everything changed. It was like the numbers just followed. You know, I was like, okay, so I would, I would give like such an amazing class as such a, a powerful class and, and parents loved it. So it was like one student would recommend another two or three that lived in the same building. So everything changed. I wasn't stressed out anymore. And now it's like, okay, now I know all the things behind the scenes about the numbers that I can teach my program director how to do. And all I got to do is like, hey, what are the numbers? Okay, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? And then I focus on the teaching and just giving a really good class. And then, and then we both come in together and, and it works out very, very well. So it's like, I finally got that balance. Yeah, absolutely. One of the examples that we've talked about off the air of you finding that balance was with class size. The amount mm-hmm. of people that you're able to have on the mat in some instances, and you had to make an adjustment because your gut told you it wasn't, it wasn't working. It was good for the numbers, mm-hmm. but not the experience. So can you go into that a little bit? So, yeah. And the thing is like, for me, it's all about the type of service I want to give to, to the community. And I can have 40 people on the mat, but the service is not going to be good. The teaching is not going to be good. Um, if it's a fitness class that I'm teaching, it's not going to be good because it's only one person. I might have a, an, an assistant coach, but it's not the same. So what I had to do is I lower my numbers. Yeah, I mean, the, the number of people that I had and it kind of impacted the, the cash flow. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, do I want 40 people that say, eh, he's all right? Or do I want 30 that 
freaking love it, you know? <laughs> so because the one that say it's all right, they're not gonna recommend anybody. And next time I do it, or, or next class is gonna be less people and then less people. So I'd rather give 30 people really good service than 40 so-so. Awesome, man. And it, it's cool to see. It's one thing to talk about, oh, if I don't like it, I make adjustments. But just having an example of when you have to make that decision of cash flow, mm -hmm. cash flow versus looking yourself in the mirror and having the business that you want to have, right? You went mm -hmm. into business to have the business that you wanted and you find like there are some compromises in, any, in anything, but knowing like, hey, I'm happy with this product. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's go there. So um, yeah. I think the last thing um, that we have time to talk about um, with our segment here is going to be um, marketing, advertisement. Um, you have a couple of different things that you offer. Um, the landscape is constantly changing in this area. Um, what are you doing currently? Um, and what are you, where are you trying to move the needle as, as far as um, getting more people in to experience this thing that you've created that you're proud of? As far as you mean, as far as marketing, what am I doing for yeah. marketing? Yeah. So I, you know what? I started recording. I read a book by uh, Gary V. Um, yeah. So I, I he, and, and there's like a sentence there. He says, just record your process. And when I decided to go back to school, I started to record that process. You know, I went to, to once I started getting my master's, I started just recording, like waking 5 a.m., going to the gym, getting my son, taking him to school, then me going to school, then coming back, opening my gym, teaching, and then at 9, 10 o'clock, start reading, doing, you know, research papers and stuff like that. So I started recording that, and I found that in doing that, it was kind of like empowering more people, my students, not like people that I didn't know, my students. And I just kept doing it and kept doing it to the point where like, they were just recommending people. I, I, I mean, it worked for me. So it was like, man, like it's so empowering. Like I want my kids to do this. I want my kids to train with you. Uh, um, teens and adults, like teenagers. I work, I work with teenagers also, you know, as a, middle, as a physical education teacher, I work with teenagers so I know how to deal with them. And it's like when they come in, they don't feel like I'm judging them. You know, they don't feel like like they go in a place and they're being judged. Yeah, they're shy, they're nervous because they're teenagers. But as as me being the instructor, they don't feel like I'm judging them. I, I treat them like a human being. Yeah, there's the respect and the discipline that comes with the sport. But other than that, they don't feel like it's another adult telling them what to do. And then the adult part of it. When, when adults come in, it's like, man, they just feel empowered because they see that they think I'm younger than I am. <laughs> and, and that's a good thing. They're like, man, you're so young. I'm like, no, I'm not that young. We're about the same age. Uh, but then they just feel empowered because they're like, well, he's young. He came from this, this background. You know, he went through a lot of stuff in his life and he made it. So I want to learn what he's doing, not just the sport, but the, old, the personal part of it as well. So that helped me market myself and the school so now i created a culture where it's a growing culture like if you come to my school you're growing because if you're not growing you're dying you know so so once they come in whether it's a four-year-old or an adult i want to see the growth and, and i see it and if i don't see it i'll point it out i'll talk to you I'll, doesn't matter who you are i'll let you know and then two things are going to happen you either stay or you're going to go and if you're going to go, it's because you're not my kind of people. 
So it's as hard as that sounds and, and as, as mean as that could sound, if you're not willing to grow, you don't need to be around my culture because then what's going to happen is you're going to start pulling people down, you know, and we're about all about growth. So that that's how I market myself. And once I did that, then I started looking for social media marketing. And now they're starting to take that end of it, which I had no idea how to do. So it's like I get on the phone with them and say, hey, what have you been doing? What works? What doesn't work? And they just tell me a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, OK, it makes sense. And then they just continue to do their thing. Um, I have my instructors also create videos um, or, or, you know, we send emails. They create personal, personalized videos and then they send it to to our students. And it's such hack and set where I am. It's such a big a big and small community at the same time. So for example, the middle school has about 12 to 1300 students, middle school. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, and we have about four elementary schools in a huge high school. So it's like, it's a big town, but everybody knows each other. So when you can, when you can have your, your, your team members send a video or make a phone call, it, it, it makes it more family oriented. It makes it, makes it a closer environment where they're like, okay, you know, you know what, like, let's just continue and like, let's just tell everybody about them because it's, it's that culture that we have built. You know, it's a culture that I had in mind from day one that I can finally say, oh, we did it. You know, I, I, I made it here. So now we, we, how can we get better from here? And it's that, you know, so I have my social media marketing. I have myself doing my, my personal marketing. And then I have now my instructors are doing the same thing. So my, all my assistant instructors are doing the same thing where now they're getting involved. So they're marketing themselves. So they're growing to the point like, yeah, they're helping me market the school, but they're also marketing themselves as a person and, and, and they enjoy it. So I think that's, that's my overall uh, strategy. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of, Hey, we know we're the type of facility that people are going to want to be at. We just have to show, you know, mm -hmm. who we are, our culture, our community. And, you know, if we can, if we can push the right buttons and make the right interactions happen, we're going to get people in the door that want to be here, that want to grow, not, not the type of people who are, you know, just kicking tires or, you know, want to come mm -hmm. in and be anything other than just instantly part of this, this community and this mindset of growth and self-improvement. I think, I think, you know, as a business owner, you have to know your community. You have to know the type of people around it. You have to know what they're looking for. Sometimes they don't even know what they're looking for, but you have to know the community. And, and that's what I was really good at, like figuring out the community. And it's a, where I am, it's middle to low income, right? So you know those parents are like immigrant parents. They want their kids to be successful. That's what they came to this country for. And, and I came from the same background, like same background, but they don't know that. They think that like I just, I was born with a school. <laughs> when they meet me, they're like, wait a minute, you speak Spanish? Oh, wait a minute, you came from there, you grew up there, you did this, you did that. I'm like, yeah, like I went through all of that. So I know what your kid is going through. And I know what you guys are going through because I saw my parents do that. So once I was able to pinpoint that, that's why it was, you know, then I started do, to, to do that, that growth culture within the school. And then that's what the parents like, because they see like, man, like he came from the same background that I did. 
and now my kid is learning from him. So there's something good is going to come out of this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, sir, we are just about out of, out of time, unfortunately. Uh, I'd love to talk about a million more things, but that's mm -hmm. all we have time for today. Um, for everybody out there listening, make sure if you're in the Hackensack area, check out uh, Heoka Judo, Judo Jiu-Jitsu. Um, you know, if you if you want to get some examples, if you if you want to reach out and uh, poke uh, Rodrigo, pick his brain a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, sounds like the type of guy I'd be happy to share. So thank you again, sir, for being here. Yeah, Bye. thank you. Time. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for being here with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.